Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Epic Podcast. Introducing your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, from the spacious and beautiful Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the third episode of the Epic Podcast. I'm your host, Nelson Lugo. And I'm your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. What up, Schaefer? Oh, hey, Lugo. How you been, man? I'm good. I'm I feel good. like I haven't seen you in a month. That's not true. That's We've actually seen each other. I see you almost every day. Well, that's pushing it, but it, we do. We... It feels like almost every day. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to take that. I, that could be really sweet or really demeaning. Not quite sure. Which. I'm doing well. Fall is in the air. Fall is definitely in the air. Yes. I, yes. Fall is my favorite season, so I'm very excited that fall is in the air. Oh, really? I like, I'm, I'm more of a spring person myself. Really? Yeah. That like sounds spring. unlike you. I figured winter would be a season for you. <laughs> it's barren and it's sad. Dude, come on. I am no longer a sad sack of a human being anymore. I know, but it's still old habits die hard. For me, I still associate. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. I, yeah, I mean, there was a very long, protracted period. I'm, but, no, but I'm excited. I like when the leaves change. I like yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love I Halloween. I like Thanksgiving. I fucking love me some I Halloween. I like my birthday. So it's a, it's a good time of year for me. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you've, you've got like the nice trifecta of, of wonderful sort of celebratory days in that time. True. Yeah. Um, so, well, since we've... Since our last episode, right. which was a month ago, right. let me ask you a question. What's that? What you been up to, Nelson? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I mean, the past 30 or so days have been sort of chock a block with all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things. Like we had uh, the New York Comic Con, uh, which was uh, fantastic. I didn't get to go uh, the entire time this year because it was just entirely too busy. But the, um, the, 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 the time that I did spend there, I saw some amazing things. I saw some great booze. I saw some great cosplay. Uh, I really, uh, I love New York Comic Con. One of these days I'm going to have to head out to, to San Francisco, but I really do enjoy. It's a San Diego. Sorry. Yes, San Diego. Thank you. Um, and then we did, uh, we did Rock Comic Con. You and I did that. That's true. It was a Comic Con yeah. after party on yeah. the Friday night of Comic Con. Right. Uh, we both performed. We played with H2 Awesome. I did. Yeah. I'm a big uh, fan of H2 Awesome. The Double Clicks featuring Molly Lewis. They are adorable. I just want to send a big shout out oh. to Angela and Aubrey, the Weber sisters. What, I, what? There's no chance that they're listening to this. No, uh, but no if they chance. are, they were wonderful. I, I I totally had a big crush on those two ladies when they were performing. Nasty Canasta performed in the yes, show. Yes, she did. Yeah. Yeah. And she performed her, her I guess, world famous 
Poison Ivy act at this point. Um, it was it was a good time. I yeah. enjoyed performing for the pretty nerdy people. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, and what else? In that time, uh, some big things were happening, or rather, are happening for Epic Win Burlesque as a as an entity. Um, Epic Win Burlesque was nominated by Time Out New York Magazine um, for being the best burlesque in New York City. That's true. The actual category <laughs> was best not safe for work slash. After hours, no, no, it, no. It was, it was, it was uh, a bunch of, no, 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 it, it was, was a bunch best, of slashes. <laughs> it was best burlesque slash not safe for work. It's not safe for work night. Yes, not safe for work night. Yes, and so, and we were, uh, uh, we we were up against some pretty damn good shows. Like Gotham Burlesque was up there, and and uh, badass, badass was up there. Naked girls reading, naked girls reading, some really fantastic shows. shows. And so, I feel. Very honored to be uh, uh, sort of nominated in that astute company. Um, I, I, I don't know who won. Actually, by the time this podcast goes live, I will probably know by then. And you will find out either through my Facebook or Twitter feed that I'm a happy, happy man or a fucking sore loser. We'll, well see which. Good luck to you, Epic Win Burlesque. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and if you voted, uh, thank you so very much. And if you didn't vote, uh, go fuck yourself. Gosh, that's really harsh. Yeah, I'm a judgmental uh, prick. Um, what else we did? Oh, um, uh, Epic Win Burlesque uh, just uh, 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 plotted our fourth season that's coming up soon. It's really been, it's really four years? Well, it's been three years. Oh, this is going to be the fourth this year. This is going to be the fourth season, fourth year. And uh, we, we're, we're doing twice as many shows as we did last year. So we, I did the count. It turns out we're actually doing 42 shows next season. Not on purpose. We didn't work it out that way. It's just, it's just how it worked out with all the venues and all of the shows that we're doing. Now, that's not counting like out-of-town stuff. That's not counting Nerdapalooza or any of that stuff. Um, but the shows we are doing in New York, there are 42 of them. That is a lot of shows. You know, it feels like it was just a mere three years ago. Ago that we produced our first Epic Win show. Uh, feels even more recently that we were doing four shows a year yeah. and I was complaining about all of the work constantly and yeah. so I quit. And yeah. now you and Mary are doing 42 shows in a year. Yeah. What a bunch of masochists. Well, you know, after, after the oppressive chains of the Schaefer regime were cast off. And let's be honest here. They were oppressive. They were quite oppressive. Um, uh, uh, you know, we got under the thumb of Emperor Schaefer, and um, we decided to let our, our wings uh, uh, unfurl. And, you know, this baby's going to fly. Well, I'm very excited for you guys. Well, I'm also you. very excited because I have a, had a sneak peek at the upcoming season. Yeah. And I will be hosting a number of these yes, shows. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah, you're back. You're, it's what, well, let's hold on. <laughs> well, back in a limited capacity. You know I, I mean? like being a hired gun yes. to host the shows. You are, you are nothing more than a hired gun. I don't like doing all of the work. No, obviously uh, not. Because I am a stress monster. <laughs> yes, you and are. And I need to do other things. So, yes. But I am very excited to come back. There's a bunch of great shows, and I'm excited to host another Yeah, and a few of them we're actually going to be co-hosting again. So That's right. And uh, that's always fun. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've hired other hosts, and I've, I've been on stage with other people, and all of those are wonderful and fun in their own right. But, you know, I started it with you, and I'd like to keep doing stuff oh. with you. Gosh, you get all, all misty-eyed. Dude, I love on. you mm-hmm. in, like, the broest way possible. Oh, that's terrific. That's really terrific. Um, but even bigger news, uh, Epic Win has uh, announced uh, officially that we will be producing 
a three-day nerdy burlesque festival next year. Am I correct in thinking that this is the first... There are a lot of burlesque festivals there around the country. There are tons of burlesque Lots festivals. Lots of them. Yes. Am I correct in thinking <laughs> this is the first nerd-centric, specific burlesque yes, festival? Yes, this is the world's first nerdy uh, pop culture-inspired burlesque festival. Wow, yes. that's terrific. Yeah. Um, because And I'm doing it uh, because nobody talked me out of it. That's that's what's... I mean, I had a, I had a stupid idea. I said, hey... Uh, on top of all the other work I'm doing, how about I add on this tremendous responsibility and ask people from all over the world to be a part of it? And no one at any point said, hey, Nelson, maybe maybe you should, you know, maybe dial it down a little bit. Nobody said, nobody stopped me. I wasn't going to say Nobody stopped me. I wasn't going to say it. Because, uh, and because, so now it's happening. You know, I didn't stop you because I love slapstick comedy. <laughs> and I want to watch you pull your hair out and and smoke come out of your ears yeah. and, and yeah. throw papers and stuff up the yeah. air. I want to watch all of that happen as you go uh, through hell trying to assemble this thing. Yeah. And another thing, yeah. once you do announce more specific information and you start accepting applications from performers around sure, the country. Sure. Uh, I would love to sit down with you and look through some of the applications with you. Yeah, you But are... that said, I'm not making any decisions. No, 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 no. I just want to look at the well, applications I mean, and watch the videos with you. Well, whether you want to be or not, you are actually part of the crew that's going to make this happen. Um, you don't have much of a choice in this matter. I've already recruited you. So I already have jobs for you. So. Are they hosting jobs? Among among others, yes. What do you mean among others? Among others, there's some there's some back room administrative things that I'm that I'm going to need you to do. Are there wrapping jobs? <laughs> uh, well, let's just put it this way: of all the wrapping that's going to happen, uh, it'll be you. That's terrific. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. I have the exclusive wrapping contract. You have the exclusive, and you have final say on any and all other wrappings. That happen, which will just be you. Oh, that's terrific! I do Basically. like a little. I do like a little bit of power in my hands. Yes. So thank you very so much. So you have complete control over everything that you are doing. <laughs> At last, <laughs> At, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's a lot of stuff. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but I mean, that's just, uh, uh, it's a huge, huge sort of year for Epic Win Burlesque, and I'm just kind of really excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see these shows. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, you know, and, and the, we're going to bring back some old favorites, like stuff we haven't done again. Like, we're going to bring back Ghostbusters, and we're going to bring back um, uh, 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 the Video Game Vixen show, and we're going to, you know, there'll be a, like a dedicated Star Wars show, a dedicated Star Trek show, so uh, it's going to be a really good time. Terrific. But uh, let me ask you a question, Schaefer. Go on. What have you been up to? Mostly uh, sad isolation in my darkened apartment talking to myself. All right. So business as usual. Yes. Okay. Uh, I guess the, the main thing that's happened since the last podcast is I finally got my free album of B-sides released Yay! on the internet. Yes. It finally came out. Listenership, I am officially uh, negating the contract out on Michael Kill. Uh, please do not kill him. Please. Please. He's a, he's a lovely young man. He did, <laughs> he did some good work. He mastered the record. He created one of the remixes. He mixed one of the songs. He did a, he did a great job. I, I got I to, gotta, uh, uh, I really have to say... Um, and this, I, this might be a biased opinion. I really like Junk Drawer a lot. Thank you very much. I really do. I, in case I haven't mentioned it, the free record is called Junk Drawer. It is uh, 11 tracks of material that I haven't properly released. Some of the songs have appeared on demo CDs. Sure. They sold on tours seven years ago. Right. A couple of songs have appeared on compilations. There are a couple of remixes. There's a cover. There's mm -hmm. a bunch of songs that are rife with samples so that I can never sell them. 
but it's a bunch of stuff that never got properly released. So right. I put it all together and I released it for free on Bandcamp and you can go download it now and that link is shaferthedarklord.bandcamp.com. It's the only thing available. You can't miss it. <laughs> I I really love uh your dinner with Jello. Thank you very much. Uh, that song is 9 years old. I I am digging the hell out of it. You know, Here's a little, I'm going to tell you this quick little anecdote about that song. Sure. About a, th- a thing that happened because of that song. I wrote that song. I, I'm a lifelong Dead Kennedys fan. The song, My Dinner with Jello, is about a fictional dinner date with a hero of mine, Jello Biafra. Sure. Former lead singer of the Dead Kennedys. Um, so I wrote this song when I lived in San Francisco because it was about that time that I was getting into comedy and I noticed that all of my other open mic comedy friends all had at least one impression in the repertoire, and I had no impressions. I don't do impressions. <laughs> I had one, and it was Jello Biafra, and the average comedy audience did not know I like, who Jello I, Biafra I was. Like, I like how impressions were like the thing that was happening. They weren't. <laughs> no, it was mostly toilet humor, but everybody had one, and I had zero. Okay. Um, so I, I'd started my rap act, and so I created this song basically so that I could show off the only impression that I could do with any amount of prowess. And I wrote this song, and I had a lot of fun doing it for many years. Now, I sent the song to Alternative Tentacles to get Jello's attention. Jello does not use email, so he did not respond to my emails, but rather he had a staffer. <laughs> wait, wait, he doesn't, he's just, he's a technophobe? He's, he's a Luddite. He does not use technology. Oh, good gravy. So he would respond to my emails. And again, this is now eight, seven years ago. And right. He was responding to my emails by basically dictating to a... <laughs> To a staffer to type emails to me. So they all read like, they all read like telegrams. I could. Received your song. Stop. Good work. Stop. I I kind of imagined him in like a wood paneled office. Like, Miss McGillicully, take a letter. (laughs) Dear Mr. Schaefer, in regards to your. But Jello did give me his endorsement. He liked the song. He was flattered. Oh, excellent. And I tried to get him to come to a number of my shows when I lived in San Francisco, but he, he could never make it. Right. Fast forward to, say, 2005, I've moved to New York, and I'm on tour with Cool Z, and we play a show in San Francisco. And I, again, like every show in San Francisco, I'd written to the staffers at Alternative Tentacles and said, please tell Jello that I'm going to be in town, knowing full well that he wasn't going to come. Right. So we go, and we play this show, and it's San Francisco, where I've audiences tend to historically indulge me a bit more. I get to do pretty long sets. So I, I do like an hour's worth of material on this, on this, at this show. Wow. And I don't do my dinner with Jello, because... It's a kind of tired at that point. I've been doing it for years, and I wanted to do some new stuff. So we finish. I'm, I'm the last act, and the lights come on. And I turn around, and I'm all sweaty, and I'm picking up all my gear. I'm just gathering it up all into the box, and people are milling about. And behind me, I hear this voice say, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't play my goddamn song. <gasps> and I turn around, nice. and there he is. So oh. I panic. I grab the microphone and I holler to the sound guy, turn off the house music, turn off the lights. I got to do one more. And so I did get, in fact, to do the song for Jello uh, in the audience. And it was, wow. it was very magical. Wow. Dude, that's an amazing story. Fuck. Thanks. 
It was great. He was he's a he was a really good sport about that song. I'll oh, tell you yeah. what. Well, I mean, it's I think I think it's 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 full of tongue in cheek, and it's it's actually a really wonderful sort of love letter to him in in a in a in a non creepy kind of way. So. Big fan, big yeah. fan, lifelong fan. Uh, well, congratulations. Thanks. Uh, so it's been the response has been really good to Junk Drawer. A lot of people have downloaded it. I sure. really appreciate it. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from my audience. People have been really supportive about it, and have been really excited to get these songs that they haven't heard before. I know the material's old to me, but right. it's new material of mine for them because by yeah. and large, this yeah, audience yeah. is and, not yeah, And, and all of that material was just never available. I've before. got a handful of old hardcore fans who had the CDRs that had a couple of those songs that had cocaine, My Dinner with Jello. Okay. But a lot of the people, uh, this is new. So they've, they've really been supportive. Oh, good. However. Oh, dear. Is this going to take a turn for the worse? Um, I just have, there's just something that I kind of want to address. Okay. That has really been kind of disappointing about this experience for me. And it oh, hasn't no. been the majority of the experience, but it has happened with enough frequency that it's bummed me out. And it's this. I have, in my personal life, I have ranted to people about how social networking has, because of our access to the internet and being able to put out any self-indulgent ideas we want out there at will, yeah. has yeah. kind of cr- turned us into a society of narcissists <laughs> just self-indulgent narcissists yeah. and also to some extent it's made us I feel compulsively critical I feel because of things sure. because of the whole culture of a commenting system on YouTube and Facebook statuses and etc that people will be critical only because they can right. maybe lots of times right. criticism is warranted and is productive and is meaningful but lots of times it's just criticism for the sake of criticism. So although I got a lot of really warm responses from the majority of the audience that I released this album to, I got some criticism. And if it was criticism for not liking the material that I put out, that's fine. Again, valid criticism. I'll take it. Yeah. I got criticism for releasing the wrong material. Wait, what? Yes. I got a number of comments. <laughs> yes. I got a number of comments posted, as well, as well as a number of direct messages. That you put out the wrong material? Yes. What's the right material? Well, I don't know. There were, there were messages like, I know I have a fourth album in the works, a, a right. proper fourth album. It's a concept album. It's long behind schedule. Sure. And it is coming, and I'm working on it hard, you guys, and I'm going to spend... I'm, I'm continuing yeah, to spend all of my time working on it. You don't leave your apartment for no, days it's, on it's, end working on this it's, damn thing. It's coming. You, the number of comments you post saying, when's the record coming out, isn't going to make it come any faster. You know what? When the record has a release date, you can be pretty sure it's going to be posted on every inch of my internet <laughs> like, presence. Okay? Hassling me isn't going to make it faster. But I got a number of messages. There was one in particular where somebody wrote to me and said, when the album came out, when the, the free album came right. out and said, oh, so disappointed. I thought that this was going to have Boo, I'm a ghost on it. Sigh, thumbs down, frowny face. Wait. Oh, okay. All right. That's. Yes. I got another message that was like, oh, no Tom girl. I has a sad. Look, well, well, hold on. Maybe, I mean, is it possible that maybe you're being a little too sensitive? Like they were expecting to hear a song that's not on there and that maybe they're just expressing their disappointment on not having the song. That's fine. Yeah. If it was tempered with, P.S., thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> because 
it's a was free a album. Free yes, album. You you're are, complaining about a free album. We're now so <laughs> entitled that we are complaining about content that we are receiving for free. Right. You'll get Tom Girl and Boo I'm a Ghost and Do Sex. You'll get those songs on the album that I'm working on. So, so basically, you've had you've had some positive feedback about their experience with uh, Junk Chore. Yes. And, but you're very, very bothered by the fact that there are a small but vocal uh, minority uh, complaining about a free album. Yes, that's accurate. That, uh, sometimes I just want to punch the internet in the face. It's a free album. You know it's free. When you go to the page, there's a track listing. You could be like, oh, well, the song that I want isn't on this. I'll just leave. I'll just walk away. And you know what I won't do? Complain to the artist about it. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I, I mean, has the internet gotten so entitled to the point where even getting free things is not enough for them? Well, not if it's if it isn't the right free things. It has to oh, so it has to be the exact right free things. Otherwise, it's not worth their time to download something for free. Also, to uh, a very small handful of fans who had trouble um, with the downloading link or whatever unzipping program they had on their computer, and they right. had, they had problems unlocking or or, right. or downloading the material yeah, to that, the machines. I, I suppose that to happens. those uh, small handful of fans. Yeah, I don't work for Bandcamp. Um, I know that. You, were, were they contacting you for technical they support? Posti- they're posting on my wall. <laughs> I can't download junk drawer on my computer. Fuck Bandcamp, frowny face. That's terrific. Perhaps it would be best directed if you to tech support right, at Bandcamp.com. I, did you? You know what? Next time, just tell them. Um, did you turn on and off your computer? I'm not. I, you got to do. You got to do that at least once. At least. Uh, Look, I'm old and cranky, guys. So things I get I get cranky about stuff. I know I know you want me to come to your town, but again when you post on my wall that you want me to come back to Oklahoma, it's not gonna get me there any faster. Right. You know what? The fastest way to get uh Schaefer the Dark Lord to Oklahoma, um, hire him to perform in in Oklahoma. You heard it here first, folks. That's that is the easiest and fastest way to make that happen. Also, uh just so you know, the fastest way to get me to Oklahoma is to hire me to perform in Oklahoma. Um my rates are far more reasonable than Schaefer the Dark Lord. Just saying. But anyway, to everybody who's been really positive about drunk, the junk drawer release, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I, thank I you think, so much. You guys mean the world to me, and I can't wait to get this new record out to you. You're going to love it. Yeah, I think I, I, I liked it a lot. I really, really did. And you know what? I'm not, I, I'm, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased. It was worth the wait. Yeah. I really, you know, I, I, think, I think there's some excellent, excellent material on there. Um, I, like, I like the remixes. I like the reimaginings of that stuff. And so, yeah, if you haven't downloaded it yet, go download it. It's free. If you like it, great. If you didn't like it, you didn't pay anything for it. So you, know, <laughs> I think, you lose nothing but the two minutes it took to click the download button. And thanks again to Michael Kill of the Thought Criminals. Enjoy your life sans fear of assassination. <laughs> uh, uh, you squeaked by this time, Michael Kill. I will get you next time. So. Yes. Uh, we have, uh, do we, are we still doing reader mail is that is that still yes. a segment i don't know, yeah. I know well you, you i mean we changed got, the format from month to no month, no no. But. i mean we only got we only got one real email we got a bunch of uh uh new titles for your upcoming album but mm-hmm. i think i think that joke we're putting is that, we're putting that yeah, to bed that joke has run its course the album um, has a title not telling you but the, the album one. has a title and uh chief of the dark load is no longer entertaining uh joke titles 
even though I just came up with one right now that I think you should listen to. Nope. Here it is. The Ides of Mark. I'm going to take that one under consideration. Yeah. All right. Okay. So here we go. So um, in keeping with this whole like internet entitled criticism thing, um, I got one email, uh, which is which is kind of weird. I got one email in 30 days. I have no idea how many people are listening to this podcast. Four. Four people. Okay. Yes. They're, they're, well, no, I know two personally, so maybe. Six. So it's six. So there are at least six confirmed listeners. Um, if you like the show, write us. Tell us you like the show. If you have questions, ask us. Uh, that The email is epicpiecast at gmail.com. While you read this email, I'm just going to go ahead and um, I'm a little hungry. Oh, okay. If you don't mind, I just why don't you just handle the response I'm gonna, I'm to this handle, email? Yes. I'm going yeah. to eat this crunchy Granny Smith apple. Oh. And leave, I'm going to leave Delicious. this one to you. Well, this, this email, it was weird. It was a very... It was kind of all over the place, like like complimentary but critical at the same time. Um, he starts off by saying, and I don't want to reveal the name because I don't want to, I don't want to call this person out on the internet. But uh, he says uh, uh, he has to say that he really loves the podcast, so he starts off with something nice, and then he says uh, that to you, Schaefer, that if you're really into Assassin's Creed, you might consider getting a Vita because apparently there's a bundle coming with a with a Assassin's Creed and a and a thing, um, which is kind of odd because you're on the internet and we already know this basically. But that's fine. I mean, he said he's making a suggestion. Um, And then he starts off by saying, I hate to be the kind of nerd who does this, but I have a problem with this statement on so many levels. Um, In much the same way, when someone says, I'm not racist, but you know, the next words out of this person's mouth are going to be the most racist, fucked up things you could possibly imagine. So, like, here's the thing. I don't like stubbing my toe indoors. So I go out of my way to make sure that doesn't happen. So if you hate to be the kind of person who says things that are probably not favored by people, then you should probably not say them. Just saying. Internet. Um, but he, he says, I hate to be the kind of nerd who does this, but um, there were a few errors that uh, Lucas Siegel made in the last episode. And he even goes on to, uh, so far to say that, you know, he's going to, you know, insert Simpsons comic book guy voice in here. So he already knows that he's going to go into the deep end of the, tr- of the kind of the, the fact checking trolling pool that, <laughs> that necessitates this. Uh, he said that he stated in issue 12 of Batman only had one artist, blah, 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 blah. He says there's more. I, I, I'm going to take his word for it because I honestly really don't care. Um, he also said that Lucas, Lucas Siegel should be here to defend himself. But this is all basically all hate against Lucas Siegel. Uh, he said Lucas Siegel said the year um, that this year was Spidey's 70th anniversary. Um, and then it's actually the 50th, which I guess he said that. I don't know. Does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Um, and, uh, and he said something about the he, he wanted to correct something about the PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. I don't remember what it was, but apparently Lucas got that wrong as well. Um, that's, I guess that's all fine, because ultimately that's kind of keeping us honest. That's keeping, that's, there's, there's fact-checking involved. I, I can only imagine that either he's like a deep-cut nerd and this stuff is already in his brain, or he's sitting there listening with a pad, like writing stuff down to check on Google, which... I guess is a thing. I don't know. 
But then he goes on to say that in terms of like the guests that we could have on our show, he would like to toss his hat into the ring to be a guest on our show. Okay, I guess. Here's here's a pro tip for uh, Epic Win, uh, the Epic Pie Cast, uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord, and Nelson Lugo. Um, if you want to be in our good graces and become, I guess, involved in our inner circle of things, you probably don't want your first message to us to be an exceedingly long email where you fact check everything that we've done wrong. Now, that's not to say that fact-checking isn't valid. I mean, if I, if I say something blatantly wrong, then please let me know. But if you want to be a part of the shenanigans that goes on here, you probably want to leave that for another time. Just say it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he would be an excellent guest. I'm sure he would have a lot to say and, and a lot of opinions. But quite frankly, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, here's the thing: all the people we have on our show, all of the guests, all of the, the all of the the the, the people we we will invite here, are people who are really going to suck up to us because we are needy and we are shallow, and quite frankly, I didn't get enough love as a child, so I need um, all the love and attention from everybody around me. Um, so uh, thank you again. We welcome any and all emails, and if we're blatantly wrong, then please let us know. If you want to be on the show, then also please let us know, just not in the same email. How's that? That's a pro tip from Nelson Lugo and Shay for the Dark Lord about the Epic Podcast. Can I add something else to the email? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I know when we first started announcing the email, epicpodcast at gmail.com. Epicpodcast at gmail.com. The first thing that you put out there, you yeah. suggested to people that they write in and suggest album titles for me for my yeah. new album. Yeah. Well, you guys, I, I, I love that you've suggested a number of them, but um, I, I, the record's got a title. I'm not going to tell you what it is now, but we'll figure it out later. But I have a new thing that they should suggest to us. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, crap. Nelson Lugo needs new catchphrases. <laughs> Because I feel, although his catchphrases are endearing and very much a part of him, I don't understand a number of them this. have gotten a few too many miles. Really, like so, what? Oh, let's go through the list. Oh, you actually have a list, don't you? For example, sweet jumpin' Jehoshaphats. That's pronounced Jehoshaphats. Okay, yeah, you got to let that one go. No. Yes, you're not a carny barker in the 30s. You gotta, I, as I much am, as you want to be, you got to let that. No, one go. No, no, I live the life I want to live. Don't Here's judge another me. one you got to let go of. Holy fucking shit balls. No, no, that's my favorite. In fact, I think you need to swear less. I think you need to judge me less. I think that's valid. <laughs> but holy fucking shit balls is it's it's got two swears in it and you say it all the time. Oh, fuck balls. Oh, what else we got? Oh, oh, good gravy. That's a big one. Are you kidding me? What problem could you possibly have with good gravy only the way you use it because you know when you use it you only re well you use it a number of times but it's pretty much become exclusively to use when you're eating specifically Wait, after, what yeah you eat a bunch of food and then you belch and then you go oh good gravy really yeah you need something else to say there in, in place of that. oh man i don't like shazam <laughs> don't recommend shazam it's i don't say ever want to say shazam okay and the last one that you gotta let go of oh god is this one that that's not a thing that happens. <gasps> you say that all I don't the time. Know, I don't know what's more disturbing. The fact that you have compiled 
a list of catchphrases, but that you have ranked them to, to some semblance of of uh, 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 acceptability. That was a countdown from four to one, too. One. Oh my god, they're from like worst to least worst, or no, no, least to least to worst, least to worst. The 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 the, the, the that's not a thing that happens every twenty minutes when I hang out with you. <laughs> I. How about boot, boot skidoo? Let me recommend no, that. No, that's horrible. That's never, that's, no. That's not what? <laughs> that's not a thing that happens. Yeah, uh, full circle. Look here. I don't even know how to respond to this. That's a horrible. So if you have suggestions oh, for new dear. catchphrases for oh. Nelson Lugo, write oh, them no. to us at epicpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, Shazam and boot skidoo are off the list. So don't, that's. <laughs> That's don't even vote on that. I'm I'm terrified by the responses I'm going to get for this. You're going to have to start using them. No, I don't. Okay. And must say, wait, you're not going to use any of the uh, song album titles anybody suggests. Fair enough. I'm going to say holy fucking shit balls to the day I die. Now, in fact, I'm going to try and say it 20 times in this podcast. So how about we take a little break from this and we get into the real meat and potatoes of the show and we Wonderful. bring in this month's special guest. I'm so say? excited. I'm so excited. We will be back in just a moment. It's not a tragedy. Nobody thinks so. It's not a tragedy. It's not a tragedy. Mortality. It's inescapable. Want to get out of it. Nobody's capable. Get it stapled to the manila folder of your life when the moment arrives. A pure certification of events. Birth, vaccinations, graduations. Rent. Then when it's all over with, hope you get laid to rest underneath the noblest. Don't have to keep hustling on. Ashamed of your sham black, you done something wrong by swindling the reaper out of one size swipe or turning all the living into fun size bites. You can't help it, your life priorities left with your last breath. And the enormity of this milestone isn't noted by your mourners. So too busy wishing you go back to the coroner. You have to learn to live with the fact that you're dead. Plenty more coming, and some of them think they'll survive, so keep running. But sooner or later, we all run out of time. The trick is to not get stuck one foot over the line. Nothing left but your viciousness. Maybe that's all you've ever heard. That's chrysalis led to the one true you and its hungary. Eat another neighbor up. Blood on your dungarees. The guns release bullets. You don't mind. Your gullet's so full it's divine. And this is like a miracle to linger past your passing. A blessing that's lasting. A horde fast amassing. Please forgive loved ones who aren't missing. Your photo albums are not reminiscing. Remember what the preacher at your funeral said. It isn't quite a tragedy, you're not quite dead. You have to learn to live with the fact that you're dead. You have to learn to live with the fact that you're dead. Listeners, we are about to get into our next segment talking about The Walking Dead. Forewarned, it is going to be very spoilery. So if you don't want the comic books or the video game or the TV series spoiled for you, then maybe uh, you want to sort of tune in and out as you see fit. But we will be talking in depth about all things Walking Dead. Our guest on the program this month is the man responsible for coining and introducing into our collective lexicon the term nerdcore. He is also a beloved pioneer in the musical scene of the same name. Please welcome to the program rapper, nerd icon, philanthropist, billionaire, playboy, MC Frontalot. 
Woohoo! Thank you for having me. Hello, Mr. Funnelot. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much for coming all the way to Queens. Yeah. I don't mind. You guys have good tacos here. Mm. True, true. That really is pretty much the best selling point of this neighborhood is the taco truck right around the corner from the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, very, I'm very glad you're here. I'm very glad uh, that we got to, you know, you are the hardest working man in uh, this thing you call Nerdcore. And uh, I'm just glad, you, we, you know, you could find time in your busy schedule to come out down to, you know, Studio 6C and uh, chat with us for a while. Me too. And I'm glad that you um, told me that we were going to be doing it because that inspired me to finally fire up my Steam account and grab <laughs> all of the uh, Walking Dead games and play them. Well, oh, the, cool. Then, are, you, are you caught up? I'm caught up. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Well, then we're just going to go into it. Obviously, as we mentioned uh, previously, uh, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead this month and the various properties <laughs> under The Walking Dead banner. Right. Um, the, the cultural phenomenon that has become The Walking Dead franchise. Of course, this month saw the premiere of season three of the AMC television series. Watched as, it. Yeah. But I, I, I did, too. I did, too. You, yeah. saw the, you saw the season premiere then? Yep. Oh, and I saw the second one, too. Yeah, Lugo is not... I'm not for Quite. reasons we will get into momentarily. I have not watched the second episode. You've the, read the comics, though. I've read the comics up until the tenth trade paperback. I haven't gotten any further than that. I, I don't know quite how they're divided into the the trades, but yeah, um, they're five it's five to six issues per trade. I think, it, but I'm, it varies. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that in that case, you've seen the stuff that happens in uh, last week's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, it's, more... yeah, it's it's all about I mean, it's it's no spoiler to say that at the you know, season three they find the prison because it's right. like a big that's a big advertising point. It is it is more like <clears throat> stuff from the comic than many of the other uh oh. T V episodes have been, I thought. That is true. The third season is much more true to the comic. They've only they've even when they take liberties, they're still just taking elements and putting them on other characters. For example, the unfortunate thing that we saw happen to Herschel Green in the past two episodes uh-huh. happened to Dale in the books. Right, but, but Dale's already gotten chewed up. Oh, Dale had to, <laughs> oh, Dale Dale had had to go. To, oh, what a hard... Dale's All right, well, look, it. I'm going to... I guess I'm just going to um, sort of spill this. The both of you have been fans of The Walking Deads, um, both in comic book form and in TV show. Um, since they both premiered. And so over the course of the past two seasons, you've been watching these shows slowly but surely with gaps in between. I haven't seen a single episode up until Schaefer decided to do this podcast. And so I've been binge... Binge watching. Binge watching and binge consuming all things Walking Dead for Uh the past three weeks. Did you go get like a, a small vinyl child's walking dead Halloween costume <laughs> from Kmart? Uh, no. And try it on. No, I, I didn't. I did well, not then I don't think far. you really understand the intellectual property. <laughs> I did. You know, it, it, I did kind of torture him. I said, you have three weeks. Oh, he, he'd read the books. You were up to maybe what the ninth trade or something. I was, yeah, books. I was up to about the ninth hadn't trade. seen an episode of the TV no, show. I had not seen hadn't played a, a second of the video game. No, not at all. And I told him we were going to do this episode. So I said, you have three weeks to consume all of the narrative of all of these various properties. So now I am I am half man, half tears. I, <laughs> I, I cannot after this after this podcast. I am not going to talk about, think about, or even in any way seek out any Walking Dead thing for at least a year. I can't. So you're I, so you're coming at it not so much from the position of the enthusiast as the uh, position of the. Victim. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because 
I mean, the two of you have had the luxury of time. You've had two years, at least with a TV show, to at least a week between episodes. I gotta be. I gotta be totally honest. Yeah. I um. I read the first few issues because I was in one of them, and my buddy Tony was drawing them, and I was excited for him that he got a book on Image. I was like, "That's great!" And I I read a few of them, and then they changed artists, which caused me to uh, be disillusioned. Oh dear, sure. Um, and I didn't pick them up again. And everybody was talking about how great they were, and I heard that the TV show was maybe going to happen. And that was like a year of that maybe going to happen that I'd just like hear about on GChat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should say that. It was secret at the time. <laughs> but I think now we know that the TV show is yeah. going to be produced and is, in fact, in season three. So I started watching the show when it came out, and I couldn't believe how great it was. Um, but I didn't return to the comics until like beginning of last month i read them all on my telephone on airplanes while cruising around so if you between tour dates if you bounced when tony moore left the series then that means you caught up from issue six up through issue 103 103 yeah on your phone Mostly on my phone. I, well, then you guys are in a similar boat. You guys could maybe see the same therapist because that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of heartbreak to consume in a short. I was of loving time. it. I gotta say, the writing in that comic really yeah, it's blossomed about ten issues in. Yeah, and yeah, became yeah. compelling. It yeah. did it when did. they when they find the prison is when that story starts to open up and become. I guess I mean it, it for me it became more less about zombies and more about the human struggle and that for me was the most interesting part of the whole thing. And sure. That's especially the way it is in the comics now. I don't yeah. think anybody has died by a bite in maybe 12 issues. It's right. all it's just bands of it's just different camps of survivors at war with one another. Yeah, I and I mean I guess going back to the TV show, I just this sheer hopelessness of season 1 into season 2 where just you don't know what the hell's going to happen. People are dying left and right. And just, uh, I, uh, I, I was very, I was very heartened to see, cause I was very leery about season three. I didn't know if I wanted to watch season three at all. And, but I forced myself to watch it. And I'm very glad that I did because it seems like it's, although the car, the characters themselves are hardened and, uh, less prone to emotional outbursts. It seems like a more hopeful, story like the things are starting to go their way now um but you know we'll, we'll there are we'll ups see how... and downs well yeah i mean you know it's still a zombie apocalypse everything's coming up daisies and daffodils <laughs> it's all a trap they've just given you there have been a couple of moments rare moments for the television series of hope in the last two episodes it's all yeah. just it's it's like I, i've learned from the comics it's all a trap <laughs> they give you they give you a dozen issues where things are looking up and you know what Rick and his crew right, might they might really ride this thing out, and, and then, then everybody <laughs> that you've loved for five years is dead in yeah. four panels. Well, yeah, whoever you liked the most, the last few issues, that's who's going to get it. I figured out the pattern. Yeah, I just I, yeah. I I know I know now that if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would be dead in the first forty eight hours. I know that for a fact now. Because you'd have bad um, access to drugs. <laughs> No, well, I, I I lack the cardio for the kind of running mm-hmm. one would need. Um, also, I'm I I already have health problems in a relatively normal world. Um, so if I were faced with a life where medication was in short supply, I would be I would be dead. You know, uh, 
I, in fact, in, if, if, if the two of you were here and a zombie apocalypse happened, just shove me out the door as fodder so that you two can escape. You know, no, that's, there's, you've got so much meat on you. We would yeah. put yeah, you in the fridge. What? Well, we'd be stuck in this apartment for a long time. Dude, no, yeah. don't, don't eat me. That's we could chill cool. through the wall and eat my neighbor. Yeah, eat your neighbor. Don't eat me. I'm, I'm diseased. You do you don't have, want... do you have like a succulent neighbor? Uh, I don't. I, I think he's you're... pretty trim. So I think he. I think he works out. It's lean. It's lean muscle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to go back. I want to ask you something, MZ Frontalot, uh, that you were saying before. Now I don't know how many people are aware of this. In fact, I had sort of blazed through all of the trades before I. You pointed this out to me once. Uh, but you know, as you touched on a moment ago, you made a cameo in one of the early books back when Tony Moore was yeah, the illustrator. Yeah, um, it would issue, have been issue three or four, maybe issue three or four. It's I know it's in it's if you're if you're reading the trades, it's the it's it's volume one, which is the first six issues, which Tony Moore illustrated. Uh, it's page sixty of that is when hmm. you first see your character. Uh, MC Frontalot appears as a well, they don't call they don't call them walkers and they call them roamers. He hmm. appears as a roamer in the woods eating a deer. Yeah, um, and I can't one. believe I couldn't believe when you pointed it out to me. There was when I was at your apartment and you showed it to me. I couldn't believe that I didn't notice it because it's so clearly you. <laughs> it it's a short sleeve button down shirt, and there's like the there's glasses. You're should wearing there, a pocket protector yeah. with a name tag that says front. Yeah, should there be any confusion, <laughs> just in case nobody in the know. I'm labeled you. as as in a political cartoon. So how, how did that how did that come to be? How did you end up as a cameo in this? How do you know Tony Moore, and how did you end up in The Walking Dead? Um, you know, I, I live this life where none of my text messaging or IMs or Gmail or like email from ever, um, escapes my grasp. So I guess I could sort of look up how exactly (laughs) (laughs) I came into touch with, um, Tony Moore in the first place, but it was definitely internet. And I just, I don't know how I knew that he was so amazing. Well, was he I was think, he a fan of yours who reached out to you? Yeah, he it must have been. Um and he must have shown me what his work was, which okay. back then was like Battle Pope. Oh right. Um, right, right, right. And so then I was like, wow, like he's a real comic book guy. Like he's he's a for real comic book illustrator. He's really good. Um and I in 2000 or two, yeah, probably 2000, maybe 2001, we were finishing up our recording of Young Zombies in Love. That was which, the musical that you did with G Minor 7? That's the rock musical that G Minor and 7 and I wrote, and we were putting it up in San Francisco. And I learned the finer points of um, computer recording, which I now leverage to create my many rap albums um, <laughs> over uh, like... 18 month process of of learning as we went while recording this zombies record <clears throat> and we finally got done with it and we were like printing them up and or getting ready to print them up and i reached out to tony but here's the thing that i don't understand is how i knew that he was good at doing zombies because he had not published and i mean this is still like a couple of years before walking dead right but I hit him up to do the album cover for the Zombies album. And he did this beautiful, like, prom dates zombie illustration. With I believe I guy saw and this part, girl. a poster at your apartment. Yeah, right? there's, I used it on posters. And and that I, I really have no idea how I knew. It was just some feat of psychic wonder. 
that you just happened to tap him to, to illustrate a <laughs> zombie-themed thing Or something I've completely forgotten where he was well, like I mean, hitting me up and saying, I love doing zombies, and I was like, oh, then... Or something. Oh boy, do I have a project for you! But in my but in my depleted and fractured memory, it's just a magical thing where I somehow inspired the very existence of Walking Dead by asking him to do this uh, nice. rock musical nice. original cast recording cover slash poster. Huh. Um, but anyway, I knew him and we'd worked together on that, and I got him to do my first Frontalot album cover, um, two thousand five. That's Nerdcore Rising. Yeah. Yes. And he also did probably that same year MC Stephen Hawking's album cover um, for MC Stephen Hawking's supposed greatest hits record, right, although there right. had been no previous <laughs> albums. And then he put in that early issue of Walking Dead um, two zombies in that issue. There were only two. They're hanging out in the woods and they only run into two zombies, and one of them's me and one of them's Ken, who's MC Stephen Hawking. That's right. Oh, and we that. both get it. Yeah. We I get it right in the head with an axe. Yeah, you get it right yeah. in the head. Yeah, and there's no there's yeah, you you totally die a zombie death. You manage to at least eke out a good solid glub or whatever. <laughs> well he gets actually he whatever gets vocalization out, that they he, he gets out a growl or two. There's like a raw in there. There's a couple of raws before he glubs to death. Oh, okay. My my dialogue's yeah. not super intellectual in that. No, no, it's it's no well, it's, it's and you know what? And it's not in the comic book either. That's what I mean. Oh, 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 I see. I just, I just that you zinged. You just consider yourself zanged. I it like clipped. I, like I just for the record, I, I, I had, it. I had no part, no part in that. I, yeah. I do not condone uh, these zinging, <laughs> the zinging of our guests. No but, zinging, uh, condoning. No. All right. Okay. Now, now, all right. So there's, there's so much to say about the comics and the TV show, and this is going to be all over the place. But um, you did, since I uh, had emailed you and asked you about doing the, doing this podcast. I'd mentioned that there was this excellent episodic video game based on the Walking Dead universe, based on the comic book universe <laughs> called from Telltale Games, just called Walking Dead. Right. It was five episodes released. Everyone's been talking about, but I had not played yet. Released whenever Telltale's feels like it. There yeah. is no regular schedule. It's not monthly. It's not, you know, bi-monthly. It's... I would be I would be shocked if they don't release something near Halloween. I I mean, I would Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Be shocked if they didn't. No, that's too close together because one episode came out this month and they have not released two episodes in the same month oh. since it started. Well, yeah, I guess, they have I guess... released four of five episodes. Right. I and I encouraged you to yeah. to look into it and and play the game. And I did the same with you when yeah. as I as I sent you off. Yeah. 
on your assignment to go consume <laughs> all of this sad material. I, I have. Every uh, single MC Frontalot, I would love to hear your thoughts about Telltale Games' Walking Dead. It, um, it definitely captures the despair and, uh, and the, the kind of unraveling of, of human society yeah. that, um, that is so well depicted in the comics and the TV show. For those not familiar with the game, it uh, it follows the, the lead protagonist is a character named Lee with a checkered past yeah, who, checkered. who stumbles upon a lost girl, or a young girl who's lost her parents named Clementine, and they of course meet up with a band of sur- survivors. This game basically takes place probably sh- shortly before the events in the comic book. They kind of happen in in parallel. Oh no, maybe, it's maybe well, right a- well before because it's, yeah, it's it's I think it's the first. 24 hours or the first yeah. like it's He's, it's the first couple of days of the outbreak like nobody knows Atlanta's yeah. going to be lost when yeah. this when okay. he's like taking him to jail as if nothing's wrong and we're right. seeing the first like cars racing off to accidents okay yeah like, this is this cars. is literally like the first I, I would imagine the first 48 hours of the outbreak okay yeah and they, where, whereas the show and the comics starts when Rick wakes up which is after a month months, or something yeah. Yeah. right yeah. well no they start before he wakes up because you see him and his traffic stop get shot. Oh right, right, right. right. So yeah. they, you do see, you do have a tiny sliver of time. But the real story, pre yeah. end of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but the com- but the the video game does follow the comic books, it, or it exists in the same world as the comic books. And in the first episode of the game, you do cross paths with some characters. You you meet Glenn, mm-hmm. you meet Herschel Green, um, and then from there the story goes as they create a band of survivors and they are slowly working their way to Savannah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Um... I was impressed with the game because so many games kind of use as what is now kind of a stock gimmick this idea that the choices you make influence like you know, the moral landscape of the game and it's just never true it's like you get you either get sith tattoos on your dude or you get <laughs> you know right or you get jedi powers like whatever it's like it's always it's always just two sets of different power-ups that are roughly equivalent but have like a different color scheme correct it's usually like a a binary system yeah if you have if you have a game with a moral choice system you either you're playing towards a good end or a bad end and there's no gray area and this game is much more like a a choose your own adventure book whereas the decisions you make affect your world and affect the way the characters interact with you they really echo exist in future episodes yeah they echo through in very interesting ways including characters dying like throughout the series you run into these spots in the middle of fights where you have to where you have time to rescue exactly one of two characters from some zombies and you got to decide and the character you don't save is just dead for the rest of the series yeah and and decisions that you've made either in support of or not in support of characters in like the first episode you know played out big time in the fourth episode for me you know where there was a there was a, a choice to to sort of rally together to to go on this one last outing and i had people like back out on me and go no dude you didn't support me on this point and this point go fuck yourself yeah, you know, they hold stuff against um, you, and, yeah. and your sort of trust meter is behind the scenes, going up and down. It's so it's so yeah. ominous at times when you when you make seemingly you know inconsequential decisions uh, based on dialogue. If you have four options of dialogue that you can say to a character, it always would give me the chills when I'll say like, pick something that seems pretty benign. And then that text comes up on the screen that right. says Clementine will remember that you yeah, said yes. that. And every time I'm like, no, 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 the, I can't rewind this thing because this is a video game. I found myself always uh, 
speaking honestly with the child. Yeah, yeah I would too. never reassure too, her actually. about things that I wasn't sure about. Uh, there were lots of opportunities to like tell her things were going to be okay, or she'd say, you know, is is it safe? Are we? Are any more of them going to come? Like things like that. True. I and, tried to be a pretty straight shooter throughout. Like I tried to be as honest as I could, pretty much throughout. Um, I could tell early that was going to be a um, a decent and. A decent strategy and one that would be, I thought, the easiest to be consistent with. But I found myself lying to non-player characters by mistake because I didn't know the uh, correct answer to the thing they wanted to know. <laughs> like the first time, I think it was Herschel, is like, what were you doing leaving? Or like, where were you driving when you got in that car crash? And I, I didn't know because I forgot whatever the establishing shot was at the very, very, you know, two, it was like two episodes ago or something. And I'm like, oh, geez, I was just driving around. And then he looks at me and he's like, oh, that's that, that black man's lying. I, I, I am thoroughly enjoying the games. I am very excited for the fifth episode to see how all of this plays out because I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to like it because I'm not, a, I'm traditionally licensed games don't tend to be done very well. You know, they're, they're, they're either really quick, quick and dirty sort of hack jobs just to ca- uh, cash in a quick buck. But I am every every moment I'm just thoroughly impressed by the writing. I'm thoroughly impressed by the simple yet pretty um, robust mechanics of this sort of uh, morality choice dialogue that you mm-hmm. have with any given character at any given point. Um, and it's. It's a wonderful next step evolution of the point and click adventure, which I've never really been a fan of, but I am mm. loving this. I'd, I'd say it's a, it's a mm. very sort of casualized version. All the all of those Telltale games mm. are are very sort of simplified versions of point and clicks. Like the environments are not usually very big. The amount of like space yeah, you can cover yeah. on your feet is not very big. The number of things you can click on is, are not big, and they're all well labeled. Yeah, which is which um, is partly the reason why when the game doesn't live up to being a game. And those moments are so glaring. Like um, the moments, there there are moments in a game where you have to shoot zombies and it becomes a first person shooter in those very, like very short moments. I loved those. You didn't like those? Oh, I hated those. Oh, I thought they were Because it's a terrible first person shooter. Which is why it's it's great because it's not a first person shooter. Yeah, it's not a shooter. It's like... It's it's clumsy and it's awkward and you don't really... It's this very difficult moment. When it happens to you in the game, you're not expecting it and you don't really know how to do it. You don't have like a targeting mechanism. You just kind of like... You kind of have to fumble with your controller and that's how these... I don't know. Non-military I just, folks is, would handle this. But the, the thing is, Telltale does such a wonderful job of giving you all the information you need when you need it. Like having those little icons over things that you highlight the thing on. Uh-huh. And it does it so wonderfully well. And without any kind of verbal communication, like you just see and go, oh, right, that's the thing I got to do. And then it takes it away from you. Yeah, because you'd just, be about to be eaten by a zombie and you're I don't freaking know. out. To me, know. To me those worked. were some of the most frustrating moments of the game. Yeah. Um, well, they're meant to be. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, but I guess maybe I was just so terrible at it. It stopped being... It wasn't fun anymore. It's, yeah, because I had failed uh-huh. out of it so many times. It stopped being a moment of storytelling. It started being about me uh-huh. fighting with the with the mechanics of the game. See, I thought those were the most fun because they were the only really challenging bits. I also really loved, like, there's, there's several sneaking around sections. Yeah, those are great. You'll, like, reach your head over something and the screen will start... 
turning right. red and the music will start kind of <laughs> s- s- almost subliminally yeah. freaking out on you and the zombie the longer will you're peaking, the longer slowly yeah. be turning its head towards you and you have to get down before it sees you yeah i like i like those moments a lot too yeah another element that i like of the game is that when you finish the episode uh, it'll give you these stats that'll show you yeah. all of the decisions that you made <laughs> and, and it'll rank them with how popular they were with other people. And I don't want to, I want people to play this game, not because I'm showing for Telltale, but I just think it's really fun. And if you're I a do, fan yeah. of Walking Dead, you're going to love this game. And if you haven't, I, again, I don't want to spoil things because there's so much that happens. But there's a major decision to make at the end of episode four. Granted, episode five is not out yet, but there's a major decision that you have to choose to make. And I was pretty surprised because I feel most of the time. Oh, I know what you're talking most about. Most of the times, yeah. my decisions are pretty in line or are pretty popular with the people that they show. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me what it is and then beep it out. Okay, but the decision. <laughs> the decision. <laughs> is it, is no, it the tell bell, me what is you're it talking the bell about. tower? No, it's, just say it on the mic and oh, beep okay. it out. It's, you, it's, it's the, the bell tower moment. No, isn't it? shut the fuck up. It's the decision. <laughs> it's the decision to. So I decided that, and when I decided that, when I saw the stats at the end, it told me that you and 17% of players... Really? Did you you guys... Yeah. Yeah, I did. (gasps) Oh my god, I'll bet that's one of the last decisions. Are we spoiling too much? I mean... No, we're going to bleep all that out. (laughs) That was for us. The only... uh, The other thing that I really was impressed with in the games is how insanely gory... Yeah, it is like when you had to chop off dude's yeah. leg because he got bit when he's in the or he hasn't gotten bit yet. He's in the bear trap. Yeah. And it's like in most video games, you click on the thing that says, yeah, go ahead and chop that dude's leg in half. And then it's like, all right, dink. It's, leg is now in two portions. But here you like got to lift the axe up to bring it down on the knee like five strokes then you gotta lift it oh, up yeah. again they make you do and that he's shit like a screaming lot. while you do it and you have to keep seeing lee's face and you're watching him react to it and it's just killing him yeah that's that's something that telltale does really really well because it makes you live with your decision like in the moment at the start of episode three where they're heading back to the pharmacy to clear it out and there was that choice about the woman who got bit to put her out of her misery or not. <laughs> I chose not to. I chose to let her be. Yeah. The, yeah. I, cho- I chose to let her occupy the zombie so we had more time to clear out the pharmacy. Which yeah. half of people do. Yeah. And, that's what I did too. And she I shot her. screamed the entire <laughs> time. Yeah, it's true. The entire time you're cleaning out the pharmacy, you hear her screaming, oh God, help me, help me. Ah, this, the, the entire time you're cleaning out the pharmacy it and there's a clock. You know, and there's a winding down clock of you trying to grab as much as you can uh-huh. until she finally succumbs, and then they start coming after you. And the choice of not shooting her, I had to live with yeah. for that entire segment yeah. of the game, and it was horrible. I, I agree. I remember turning horrible. turning the volume down during it because it was like it just never. It was, and it's such a long. Uh, exploration scene of that pharmacy yeah. trying to go through and find the things that you need and this it just didn't stop you just had to listen to her scream repeatedly because i didn't want to shoot her because i didn't want to draw any more noise did you guys make all the same decisions i don't think i don't think games? we did well no obviously not about the one I thing you've made all the different ones i kept you. a secret and you didn't you told them you were honest yeah. about that yeah i tried to be as honest as i could the, the entire time i did I, I did lie a couple of times um when Oh, that high school kid. Uh, the, the 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 episode where they're on the farm. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I, I kept a lot of that. A lot of that close to the vest with those people. What about um, the um, that when, high school kid? Sucks. If I play that again, I'm totally letting him get killed. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was an option to save him in episode four, and I saved him. And Me even too. Even after I did, yeah. I was like, I just, well, I, I, well, I'm glad I did because I ended up losing, uh, what's his name? Kenny? I, I lost Kenny as a friend uh, because of stuff that I had done in episode one. You know, and so he wouldn't help me, and so I had. I'm, I'm glad I saved the kid, otherwise I had nobody. You know what I did in the last episode? I um, found the people that there was the band of survivors, the cancer patients. Yeah, you yeah. found them, and yeah. I lied to the guy and told him we had medical supplies to get him to come back. Did you guys uh, do that too? No, I You're talked honest? him, talked him into it with honesty. Um, yeah. Not me. I lied to him. I totally manipulated him. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I am in real life. <laughs> oh. I told you to come over here tonight to record a podcast. You said there was going to be drugs and beer. Oh, th- there well, was beer? I mean, two of one. I need a beer. One of two. I'll get you uh, another one. Yeah, right. we'll get some beers. To go back to the TV show, here, here's here's one criticism I have about the TV show. Are you guys done talking about the game? Yeah, I'm done talking. Sure. About it. I, I have I have one major criticism of of the TV show, but you go first. All right. Here's my criticism. There's somebody that I think could dial back the intensity a little bit, and it's not a character on the show. And it's not the writers of the show, and it's not the director of the show. Look, I get it. It's it's a it's a it's a television show about the end of the world. It's very emotional. The music is very emotional. It's very it's a, it's a thriller. You're on the edges edge of your seat, biting your nails all the time. Even the main title card is like it's in that color of sepia that every bathroom and every survival horror video game you've ever played is. <laughs> every element of this that is presented to you tells right. you that you're in a scary world. The AMC voiceover guy could dial it back a little bit. It's so and it's so overwhelming because it's like they're they're constantly plugging stuff. AMC is very proud of this property because yeah. it has made AMC what it is. Yeah, but it's like every time they go to a what? break, every wait, ti- don't they have Mad Men? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, all right, fine. Don't Mad- they have Breaking Ben? Yeah, but they're really, they're really, they're really parading nice. this like Walking Dead around like it's. They're really proud well, of. That's a the one. That's the one that's on right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's like every time they come back from something, it's constantly like the 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 amount of like of scene chewing that this voiceover guy does. It's yeah. seriously previously on AMC's The Walking Previous. Dead. Let me try. Previously. On AMC's The Walking Dead. Always. Every time. <laughs> well, Next time on a... When well, a can- they kind of have to do that, don't they? I mean, they kind of... Win this Ford Focus from an episode of AMC's <laughs> The Walking Dead. Well, I mean, you can Not can't- available on Dish. No. <laughs> that guy gets the not available on Dish line, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't really fault them for wanting to like set some kind of gravitas, some kind of like pathos sure. into their. I just, I just find it comical. The, the guys. I he mean, pretends to be a drunk boss at a Christmas party when he's doing the announcements for Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> it's all like you can hear ice clinking in a glass. True. Yeah, he pretends to be British for Downton Abbey's in between well, uh, announcements. Here's here's my problem with the show, and maybe maybe you guys can back me up and I, I either support me or call me out on the carpet for it, and. I'm going to preface this by saying, yeah, I know I'm about to nitpick the logic of a zombie show. But there is a moment. I I question the physics of this world in that the the walkers are decaying. They are rotting corpses, right? Which is why you can basically hit them in the head 
with a stuffed rabbit and their skulls cave in, right? They are frail. They are brittle. They are falling apart. Right. But they're also incredibly strong and can tear apart a healthy human. That's the... But the thing is, like... The how, abdomen, yeah. How the fuck is that possible? Like, when Dale bites it, and he bites it in the most ugliest, gruesome way possible... Spoiler alert, Dale bites it. Yeah, Dale bites it. Uh, he He's laying there holding a zombie up, and the zombie basically being held above him manages to push his fingers into his abdomen and rip his abdomen open so now his entrails now me as I a, have a theory. As, as a human being as a as a healthy relatively healthy person there is no way on this god's green earth i could rip open Schaefer's belly with my bare hands i have a i have a theory please lay it on me you know how all the living people are also infected Yes. Yes. Perhaps that infection is causing their bodies, particularly their torsos, to experience pre-death zombie frailness. No, no, that's, oh, like, that's a cop zombie out. frailness. Perhaps no. their flesh has already deteriorated a bit. They're not like falling. A bit. Apart. No, they're not. They're not. They're not like decaying. falling off the bone or anything. But no. but they've become tender and, no. and well marinated. They're like no. the vampires in From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, 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 they're mushy. <laughs> No, no, I realize I, that theory's dumb, and I think I all call, we need to say is... I call is, shenanigans on your theory, and I call shenanigans on the physics of this world. All, all we really need to say is um, that all barriers are psychological. Your skin only separates you. <laughs> there your is innards no from the world. <laughs> there is, yeah, go Because you, you no. think of it as a barrier. <laughs> and the fences around the prison... Keep the zombies out, but only as long as you believe no, in look, them. No, look, I get it. They need the zombies to be a constant threat. But, yeah. you know, but I just find it difficult to see these slow, lumbering, can't lift their own arms because their muscles are no longer there. But yet somehow or another, they can push through barriers and they can... Uh, rip open guts. I just don't... Well, they, sometimes. Hold on. Those are two different things. They can push through barriers when they're in sheer numbers because that's just... That is All actually right, pretty fine. solid I'll you, science. Okay, I'll give you that. I will give you that. But Tearing open somebody's abdomen... Look, I'm, I don't want to have this argument. This is like... This, might, is, like some, have, this is like some comic book men shit. We don't right? know that it wasn't true. like yeah, a particularly sharp zombie. Yeah. You know what? That maybe their fingers are have become <laughs> pointy like razors. That one... Yeah, like maybe. like they no longer like that particular zombie didn't have flesh on their fingertips and it was just it bone, had to it had bone. to claw its way out of where it was stuck in the river. Remember when when the little kid neglected to shoot it, right? And maybe and, maybe it did that by sort of falling over and sh- accidentally sharpening all of its digits look, against a nearby river. I don't want to like I don't I don't want to belabor the point. I'm just saying that the physics of this world, as entertaining as the show is, as brilliantly written as the show is. Sometimes the physics of the world just make my head spin. Well, yeah. that's that's terrific. But the, at the end of the day, it was a really graphic, shocking scene. It was. It, it was. It was great, and it was kind of an a, an homage to a, uh, a kind of iconic scene from George Romero's Day of the Dead, where they are in the underground laboratory compound, and one of the military guys is right, surrounded yeah. by zombies, and they, they yeah. tear him open. They tear him open. And, and, that's, yeah. and they tear I, him I feel like that's exactly what they were is going the, for. Is the is the Shaun of the Dead scene where the um. Where the the dickish character goes through the pub window near the end and gets his entrails oh, all yeah, yeah, removed—is yeah. that like a reference? To, I think to that could be it. I mean, I think every zombie film has that one moment of, of entrail removal yeah, of a then, still yeah. living victim. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think it's all love letters to Romero. Eventually, of of all the of the dead movies, I think Day, the original Day of the Dead, is the one I've watched the fewest number of times. It's it's. Uh, we're going to get an angry email about this, but look, it's 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 clearly the weakest of them. There really isn't a whole lot of premise to it. I feel the first two movies had 
Well, they're both very political. The first yeah, they're not two. very yeah. nuanced, but there is a, there is social commentary contained in Night of the Living Dead as well as Dawn of the Dead. Um, a little awkward, a little ham-fisted, a little eighth grader essayish. <laughs> but you know, day what? of I mean, the Day of the Dead is he made a really it very cheaply, so it's not like you know. Well, that doesn't. It's not like he, he could afford he, nuance in he the writing. He didn't write them cheaply. That's, that's <laughs> touche. Uh, the third one, I feel, is is the thinnest of them. It takes place over the course of a few hours, and there's just like you know that you get like a handful of archetypes that you get can root for dying, and it's just <clears> it feels kind of. I think I think at this point, like Romero is cre- Romero, Romero, thank you, is credited with uh, creating the genre, and then they're just. The, you know, the next generation took it up and made it better, I think. You know, he created the landscape and then all of his directors just made zombie movies um, the way that they are entertained. He wrote, the, he wrote the rules and everybody's yeah. still obeying. Yeah. Right. All right. So what? So, yeah, he came up with cannibalism being yes. the defining feature. Right. The, the yes. flesh yeah. and, uh, and, and or brains. That, or... And that, it, that, that it's an infection right. that is passed to you from biting. Because right. even in Night of the Living Dead, you <clears> see... One of the early victims of the movie, you see her in a shot later as a zombie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he created that this, this cannibalism, this uh, that it's an infection, and that you stop them by either cutting off the head or destroying the brain. Right. Uh-huh. And those have it's just scripture ever since. <clears throat> right. Um, what are your, what are you guys' favorite zombie movies? Uh, ooh, ooh, uh, that's a nice. good one. I this I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. I mean, I'm. I don't want to say anything that's like terribly obvious. Night of the Living Dead is a great movie, and I like original Night original original Night, Night is on my top five. It's, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. I would like to sing the praises of a zombie movie that I feel is never given enough credit uh-huh. uh, in the in the zombie genre, and that is the 1985 film Return of the Living. That's Dead. That's in my top five, also. which is not a George Romero film. It is not affiliated with no, George. It's Romero. a tribute. It's a love letter. It is a love mm-hmm. letter before zombie. The zombie mythos became so like prevalent before everybody wanted to do like zombie pictures, and it's hilarious without being totally jokey. It's not. No, it's no. It is. is that's it, true. Is it, it, there yeah, is, that's right. It, it does there have is some comic relief, but it's, it, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. There are some send more paramedics. <laughs> there are some legitimately scary moments in that. movie. It's a though. real horror movie yes, all the way is, through. It's yes. It's a real horror movie. That's why. That's what's so great about its funniness. Yeah, because it's it, not you, a comedy movie. No, it gives you it gives you like bits to laugh at, be, to, that like nervous laughter, so you can like catch your breath before the slimy black zombie in if, the basement. If you kids haven't it. seen this movie, it um it is about a bunch of teenagers, one of whom has a job at the Dead Things Warehouse, <laughs> uh, a medical supply warehouse, medical supply warehouse, conveniently filled located with next to corpses, a morgue and a cemetery, across the street from a morgue with a cemetery in between. Just about the perfect spot for a zombieism outbreak. That's right. Um, I forgot about that. It's, it starts with one in a army barrel in the basement. That's right. That's right. Um, and it uh, eventually is implied to spread out into the whole world but it's localized to the the neighborhood full of corpses and i think i think that's i think that's like uh, uh, all of the agree i mean a lot of the ingredients of a, of a zombie film always involve you know young uh good-looking kids in some kind of like isolated environment uh-huh. and uh nearby uh, uh a readily uh, uh source of bodies they, I like that this one. I like, I like the Return of the Living Dead. It took some liberties with. And granted, it was early, but it's before there were you know 
400 zombie movies, but they took some liberties with the rules of zombies. Like, I know a lot of people complained about Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake because zombies run and zombies can't run. And that's, uh-huh. they were scary. Um, and 28 Days Later, also the zombies ran. Zombies ran all over the place in Return of the Living Dead. So they, sure. they took some liberties there. The zombies could talk, too. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. They send can more crops, send send more, paramedics. more paramedics. They had the one. They had the one tied down that explained why they eat brains. It hurts. Yeah. 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 She explained the whole yeah, thing. She yeah, she couldn't talk very well. No, no but talk. she explained no. enough. And here's another thing that's great about it that doesn't happen enough in zombie movies. Or, for that matter, superhero movies. Whoa. Where are you going with this? This zombie movie takes place in a world where zombie movies exist. Oh, Which is always nice. Because... They're like, like at the beginning of the movie, the two characters, the guy, the, the, this kid who's, it's his first day at the medical, at the dead things warehouse. And he's being trained by the old guy and he starts talking to him about Night of the Living Dead. And when they're even talking about it, when they, when they later on are faced with a zombie, they know that you have to keep, stab it in the brain because that's what happens that's in that what movie. Because that's what happens in the movies, yeah. <laughs> and every time, like, you see a zombie movie, even The Walking Dead, they're always like, those, what those, are we going to do? Those things out there. Right. Like, I can't imagine that it's, it's, it takes me out of it all the time because I'm like, how do you live in a world where zombie movies don't exist? It's kind of like when you see a superhero movie and like Spider-Man, no Spider-Man yeah. webs somebody to the wall and the cops are all like scratching their heads like, who is this guy? Like nobody's going like, holy shit, it's a superhero. Right. That's funny. <laughs> so Night of the Living Dead or Return of the Living Dead takes place in a world where zombie movies exist. I kind of yeah, like that some of these stories take place where these things don't exist. I, I kind of like that because some of them, all of them, all of them. Yeah, yeah. well, generally, yeah. I they mean, never I, call them zombies. In the they comic don't even book, have the word zombie in the Walking Dead TV show. In the comic book, they call them. Some of the characters call them zombies. Mm-hmm. They use it there, but the yeah. television show, it's always yeah. yeah. Again, it's always walkers. Uh, but in the book, some of them call them zombies, and, so, and I always liked it when they did because I'm like, oh, somebody recognizes it. True. So, what are the other greatest zombie movies? What do you of, got? What do you got? I, I, you well, agree those, with me? Those with two are in my top five for sure. Um, I would say Cemetery Man. <gasps> with Rupert nice. Everett. Yeah. I love Cemetery that, Man. That, that one, I think, is not going to be on enough people's that, top that, tens. That did not make my top list, but that is a that is a good zombie film. You should really check it out. Yeah. Um, uh, Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Oh, sure. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the, um, the lawnmower taking the down lawnmower. The, the busload of zombie Boy Scouts. With the evil zombie baby. With uh, Oh, that's right. I forgot about the zombie with baby. With the beautiful 1950s New Zealand setting. True. Do you know the... With the, the uh, gypsy woman who Wolf. has got the, uh, the understanding of, of the terrible future in store. That's right. That's, that's a very right. classic scene for these you know, kind of movies. You uh, know, a little fun fact, there's the little, the little pre-scene of that movie that sets up the, uh, like the sort of prologue that happens before the credits. With the Sumatran uh, monkey. Exactly. Do you, you remember the title thing? Because it, it annou- when it announces the location, it says uh-huh. Skull Island. Skull Island. Which is where King Kong ah, uh, takes course. place. Yeah. So it's a, well, well, Which well. is funny because Peter Jackson... Went on to make King Kong. Turned out he likes King Kong. He he always wanted <laughs> it all to... comes full circle, yeah. doesn't it? Um, uh, I, I want like... one of my favorite movies. Let me finish my five. Yeah, yeah, please. One of my favorite movies of all time is Evil Dead Two, and I feel like there's an argument to be made that that's not technically a zombie movie. I would I wouldn't call that a zombie film. I think anytime you've got demons um, causing the zombie epidemic. Um, and when people can move between being zombies and back to being okay again, yeah, I, I don't, I don't consider the Evil Dead 
I film. I feel like that's not a films. zombie. Well, movie, it doesn't really happen. Those to are his, those, those are Ash's girlfriend. Films. She she is definitely dead. She dies and resurrected and is resurrected by demons. By but or, she's or or but like or the blonde the, demon. the blonde dude like turns evil for a bit and comes back. Ash turns evil for a bit and comes yeah, back. Yeah, because because they're possessed. They're not. You know what I mean? They, they haven't right. been... They're not so rotting corpses. So there's a lot more going on than the yeah. one thing that is always going on in all zombie movies, which is that there is right. a large, dangerous, communicable zombie epidemic that nobody knows exactly where right. it came from or why it exists. The dead are rising from the grave and turning into cannibals. Nobody... Right. And this is key. In every sort of canonical zombie movie, there is no definitive explanation of why. Some people will theorize, right. or you can point to like, oh, it came out of a government barrel, but where'd the government get it? It's not clear. <laughs> Did they just find it and put it in a barrel? Yeah, Did even, they develop it? What was the weapon? government doing with it? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, even the, the, the Walking Dead, like they have some idea of how it manifests, there's, but they don't know where no, it came from. There's been no, no they clue they have where nothing. it came no, from. No, no, no. They, he basically... Uh, 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 he equates it to to a to a mutated strain of meningitis, but that is it. Wait, who does science dude in that the co- science dude complex? In the CDC. Yeah. You say basically it acts like meningitis, but that's that's literally they know how it works. That's still that's not an explanation. Exactly, that's what that I'm saying. That was the safest place they went ever in that yeah. TV show. They totally should have stuck around there. And they're like, oh <laughs> no, up. we found the one safe place that was inhabited by and they had a one suicidal guy. Good night in that place, and they had why. They had wine and uh, attempted sexual assault. Yeah, one good night. I guess. I guess <laughs> that not if your name's Lori Grimes. That's I guess true. that place was going to become true. worthless when the generators ran out. But yeah. like, they could have used it as a base and collected fuel, yeah, or they... rewired it to something. something. Yeah, but that guy had to. That guy had to blow the too whole much thing. disease in there. Mm. Oh well. Uh, I I'm going to put uh, a, a movie on here called Dead Snow. I tried to watch that. I couldn't get very far. Dead, it's so good. It's a Norwegian zombie film. I already like it. Made. (laughs) It's the zombie Nazis, right? Yeah. Basically, this was made during the height of the zombie craze, which was just a few years ago. And he, he wanted to make a zombie film as an homage to some of his favorite directors of that genre. But everybody was making zombie films. And so he wanted to differentiate his somehow. And so he thought, well, what's scarier than zombies? Nazi zombies. And so right. it's it's a, again the premise is you have these good, you know, a bunch of good-looking kids out in the middle of nowhere trying to have some fun and they have the one grizzled old man out about the legend of <laughs> always there's always there's always Yeah, there's the it. one grizzled guy. There's a goddamn kid. There's a legend around here about some bad juju and some legendary Nazi gold and and then uh all hell breaks loose basically. By the way, for the for the record uh uh Nazi gold, the most delicious of gold. <laughs> um, Go on. I don't even know if that's racist or not. But um, so yeah, so just like so instead, so instead of but these Nazis are actually almost intelligent. They're Nazi intelligent. Like they have tactics. Like they have, you know, they 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 attack in some kind of like military precision. It's like you have a zombie blitzkrieg. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, they are still Germans. After but all. I will. They're, they may be the undead, but they are still German soldiers. But so. I will say this: there, it seems to me like their zombie outbreak is more 
supernatural than a virus because there's some some cursed gold some some sort of like it's almost like a, a pirates of the caribbean kind of a hook right. where you know they stole the gold and now they're cursed forever kind of a thing right um but it's 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 scary as hell it's funny as hell there's some it's it's genuinely a really good point of view on the zombie sort of genre and I huh. I can't recommend it highly enough. Well, I will give it another try. I I oh, watched the do. first 15 minutes and felt bored and turned it off. It's a, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn up until the Nazis show up and then all hell breaks loose. Right. There was a thing I was going to say earlier that I did which is about when you were <clears> talking about uh you were you were skeptical about the video game because because video games that are tie-ins to other media properties tend to be rushed, right? Half-assed, right? Basically, any any game that's based on a, a superhero movie that comes out in the summer, they're right. going to be crappy games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and although the Walking Dead Telltale's game is not that, the Activision game that's coming out most definitely will be. I am not going to touch that thing with a ten-foot pole. Do you, have you seen any of the stuff for that? It's a first-person no. shooter where you play as the Dixon brothers. You play as Merle and Daryl. And it's a first person, like one's a crossbow and the other one's like something, I don't yeah, know, something it's, it's else. A, it's a first person shooter with, with zombies because that's what the video game market needed. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have perfectly serviceable first person yes. shooter zombie games. Yes. We don't, we don't yes. need one based on no. characters from a television show. And so that a, game is going to, and it's Activision game, which. Also, and it's a full retail game. It's not even like a digital download. It's a full $60 yeah, disc-based game. There's a Facebook game of... Uh, <laughs> have have you seen that? No, yeah, I've, I've not played it. I don't I, yeah, I played any I, Facebook I, games. At this, point, I, at this point, I think um, I'm kind of I'm done with The Walking Dead. I'm going to take a very long break. I'm probably not going to watch the third season until probably this time next year. I will play the video game, though, because I am invested, because um, I do want to see how all my choices uh, pan out at this point. And, um, and I love what Telltale is doing. I, I think, that as far as I'm concerned, they can do no wrong with this five-arc story. And to be honest, I want them to do another one. I would love there to be another story in this world. With another group of survivors, um, with another uh, with another protagonist, um, I wish my wish for the fifth episode and is to and this is this is going to be a shot in the dark is for Clem to actually find her parents. That's what I wish. Oh yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. That would be inconsistent with that would be, <laughs> Robert that would Kirkman's be, writing. Yes, that would be completely inconsistent because that would actually mean that there's hope in this world he's created and of which there is none. Uh, what about you guys? Here's a prediction and a hope that I have for the comic books. Um, the, in the comic books where they are currently, the, the, the characters are all living in Alexandria, their gated community. Uh-huh. And they are now up against a new enemy force called the Saviors, led by a uh, sadist named uh, Nagin, who in episode or in issue 100 brutally killed beloved character Glenn. Now, so far as as they've been leading, building up towards this story about this conflict with this band called the the Saviors. It's felt very much like Woodbury all over again. And at first it kind of got a little disappointed because it felt like they're, they're treading over old material. They don't, <laughs> they don't have anything else to do now. So they've been on the run. They found a safe place. They've dealt with a lot of conflicts. And now what else are we going to do? Let's give them another band of uh, another angry community that's going to try to take them over. 
So it felt very much like that, and I felt it, it was a little bit tired. But it's 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 start, started to evolve into its own thing. They're a much bigger threat than Woodbury ever was because there's more of them. And, and there's more survivors who they're threatening as well because there's now a whole network of <clears throat> survivor communities there is, that uh, these savior the, guys the, the are hill, menacing. The hilltop, who is are now still, allies to the Alexandria community. Is this still in the south? Is this still like in the... Oh, they, yeah, they haven't traveled very far. Okay, so there's still like Atlanta panhandle kind of area. No, I think that I think it's Alexandria, Virginia. Oh. Okay. Cuz they made that trek to try and get to DC. Right, when they when they picked up uh, a, uh, Sergeant Ford and okay. uh, the liar and the hot woman, I don't remember her name. <laughs> so anyway, so there's this big conflict going on and and the our our heroes are down and they're down and out right now. So obviously it's building there's going to be a huge blowout and this sadistic character of Negan who is even more sadistic than the governor ever was he is going to get his in 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 a glorious way and hopefully it's not handled quite as torture porny as Michonne's revenge against the governor was in the books but something spectacular it probably will be pretty torture porny something spectacular vengeance is going to befall this terrible terrible man and I just cannot wait here's what I would suggest um to Mr. Kirkman (laughs) <laughs> if you're listening who's surely floundering trying to figure out how to resolve this conflict <laughs> what am i gonna do um if he if all of these non-violent folks are giving them food all the time why can't they just poison them very easily damn wow that's actually that's pretty simple and Wow. All right. Uh, you just solved a conflict for this band of survivors. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I, I doubt it would go that route. It's not violent enough for the conflict. No, clearly. it's not nearly violent enough. Also, it doesn't... Like, if they poison them, then they, they'll ulti- ultimately become walkers. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but... They're not, that's not a problem then. Yeah, walkers walkers, yeah, walkers yeah. aren't mean. They're no. like animals. And right. they've all learned at this point they've all learned they're that they've in the comics they've practically become background noise because they're so they're all so adept at I dealing with them as a problem that okay. wow them yeah. turning into walkers is not at, yeah it's, at some point I'm going to read the comic books but not for a while I'm I'm too sad inside to keep doing that I just you, can't you poor delicate thing <laughs> I just, it's like my humanity cries after every goddamn walking dead thing I consume it's just, I can't do it anymore I'm depressed. <laughs> what do you What do you got, uh, Mister Mister Frontalot? Any predictions? Any wish lists? Anything you'd like to see, or you think is going to happen? Um, well, that was my wish list item. I'd uh, I'd like to see. I don't know what I'd like to see. I'm 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 excited each week, letting the show just kind of flow over me. It's like yeah. a good hour of TV. Yeah, I really, I, I really have to applaud uh, the the TV series for being inspired by the comic book, but not being afraid to tell its own story. And I really, I, I really admire it for that. And I like how the third season so far um, has had lots of zombies. True, it is action packed. The first two seasons um, had David Reese pointed this out to me when we were discussing it in like February. He's like, "Yeah, I kind of like that show, but it." it it kind of doesn't have enough zombies, like too much talking about feelings. Not enough zombies. <laughs> there, there is a tremendous amount of that. Yes. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I kind of got used to The Walking Dead being this very slow-paced story about the about the human condition. And then I saw the, the first episode of the third season, and I blinked. It was over. I mean, they were just killing zombies left and right. And it was all about getting in there, getting the job done, survival, you know, weapons, medicine, food, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> That was a great Rick Grimes impression. I like that? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Has, the, um, has the success of this TV show inspired this other one that I've heard about where it's the end of the world because there's no electricity anymore or something? I, I feel I, I'd that like, that show is definitely yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's a very definite response. Yeah. yeah. What is that show? Uh, Revolution. Is but, it yeah, on basically there was a, TV? From what or? I understand, there was like a huge NBC like... Show. Uh, electromagnetic, uh, electromagnetic pulse took out the Earth's grid, and there's no more electricity. Or there's and there's no candle store, and there's no. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen an episode yet, but it seems I'm, like there would be. There's no infrastructure. There's it does. No it does seem there's like no, a direct response huh. to the. I'm going to say it again. Cultural phenomenon that The Walking Dead is. I feel um, like if the problem were only that electricity didn't work anymore, the government would still. Function? exercise a fair amount of power over the country I, th- I think that this show probably has it's i think that this world probably has all of the same problems it just doesn't have the walking dead but there's still probably bandits and looting and yeah um surely you'd, you'd have some of that initially i feel like the u.s with the military and the national guard has a whole system of protocols <laughs> for how to maintain control over the populace that they developed in the like 40s or whenever electricity was less reliable you know i haven't watched the show but perhaps it follows a bunch of characters that are say in a remote rural area so the government is probably going to get to them last they're probably in here's new york right, and right. boston here's and what i'm going to los angeles i'm going to watch the show and then i'll report back next time please do yeah Thanks. That's really thoughtful of you. That is. Yeah. That means I may not not have to watch it at all. No, no, no. Yeah, I will. You'll come I will, back and you'll be like, meh. Yeah, done. Yeah. All, all you got to do is just listen to my one sentence summary, and I will let you know if it's worth watching. You should start a podcast, and you can tell us all about it. You got it. I'm gonna call it the Epic Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This uh, uh, has been uh, uh, MC Frontalot. That was me. Would like to thank you very much for stopping by. It My was, pleasure. It was very nice to have you. Thanks for having me. Do you have anything? Do uh, you have anything coming up? Yeah, you, you want to plug, plug something? Or I know, I know, you just came off your your huge sort of like summertime thing. My little summertime yeah. tour of the of the cons. Right. Um, I found out I can announce that I'm playing my thirteenth PAX in nice. March. Thirteenth? Um, yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> wow, kind of gravy. Uh, that'll be PAX East, and there's still a couple of um, tickets left. Right. There's no more three-day passes, but there are day passes. There are day passes, yeah. um, although they don't tell me whether I play Saturday or Friday night until right before. But 13, wow, congratulations. Thanks. Lucky 13. Um, and then there's this really exciting other stuff happening next year that's secret. Uh, there's a super awesome thing happening in January that's secret. Can't tell you. So a whole, a whole lot of nothing you can share. Working basically. on a new record, and I'm going to finish that live record also. And So there'll be two new records in the spring, I think. Oh, oh and wow. new videos. Um, video for I'll Form the Head and another one for Colonel Panic, both from the current album Solved. Wonderful. Uh, within the next couple months. Awesome. So, wow. so you're in luck, people who contributed to the Kickstarter. You're getting that I'll Form the Head <laughs> video, right? Because that was the deal, right? With they get the, to watch it a little earlier. Everyone gets to watch it. But that, but I thought that was point of the, part of the thing. If you if you made past a certain point, part of the the amount that you were shooting for, like included a music video. But if you got like to a certain level, if you made that much money, that that you would like, 
do another one. You'll do a video and for All From the Head. All From the Head was like the third video. Third on video, that list. yeah. So you've made it. So you're so going to third make and it. fourth videos so happening. Thank wow. You, thank you, America, thank, because thank you. I, for yeah. one, would love to see a music video for All From the Head. True. Thank Carly Minardo is directing it, and it looks just like some old Voltron. It's pretty oh, rad. Oh, dude. Dude. Oh. <laughs> I want to see it now. Yeah, me too. All right. But, I, but we, yeah. Well, we'll dude, wait. thank you. Thank you so much for coming out all the way from Brooklyn to beautiful Astoria. <laughs> Astoria Queens. Uh, this, is, this has been great, man. Thanks so much for coming out. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much to MC Frontalot for being our guest this month. Ah, oh, so good. Of course, you can find more about him at Frontalot.com. Frontalot! So what do you say, Lugo? We do yeah. the plugs and we get yeah, out of yeah. here? Yeah, Let's do some plugs. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Halloween. Halloween is coming up. If you love Halloween as much as I do, as much as Shape of the Dark Lord does, then Epic Wind Burlesque is doing a huge Halloween show in New York City. Uh, it's going to be at our bar on October 31st. It's going to be uh, in two parts. It's going to be a huge blowout, spooky extravaganza burlesque show uh, hosted by you, nonetheless, Mr. Schaefer the Dark Lord. That's me. And uh, and then the second part is going to be a, a dead man's dance party with costume contests and stupid drinks with dumb sounding names it's gonna be fucking fantastic not only is that going to be the best halloween party in new york city it is also epic wind burlesque co-producer mary sin's birthday party that's true so yes, come yes. wish mary a very scary happy birthday and bring her a present which is usually in the form of money on friday november 9th i will be performing at otto's shrunken head in new york city oh, I dude, will, really I, yes i will be performing with Uncle Monsterface. Oh, I love those guys. As well as a band called Little Big. That oh. is on Friday, November 9th. Auto Shrunken Head. And I don't know Little Big. I'm gonna. I'll be very excited to know them. Um, I I have a show November 3rd. Epic Wind Burlesque is going to be in Washington, D.C. at the Red Palace. So if you are in the Washington, D.C. area and I'm looking at you, Virginia, Baltimore people, come on out to the Red Palace. We're doing two shows in one night. So we're going to have an 8 o'clock show and we're going to have it a 10.30 show. You can stay for both shows because we're going to have different acts in each one. Um, but uh, come on out and support us out there. Um, uh, uh, the DC shows are always a fucking amazing time. I love going out to DC. Um, also, uh, two nights we're going to be doing Lord of the Rings. We're going to be doing a burlesque tribute to Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Sexy, and that's going to be November 16th and 17th, I believe. Uh, check the website, which is epicwinburlesque.com. All of this information is on there, and every single one of these shows has advanced tickets available. So buy them now and buy them often, because we do tend to sell out. I will not be involved in the Lord of the Rings shows, but I will be in attendance both nights. Damn right you will. So, Why? Because? Because on Wednesday, November 14th, it is my birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Or as I would like to refer to it as Schaefer Day. And so is every other day. <laughs> That's right. I did that. So please, if, uh, if you want to help me celebrate my birthday, uh, please send me gifts. Sure. Send me links to free stuff. Make deposits in my PayPal account. Start, start making all kinds of like Ermagerd memes. For... If you really want to make me happy <laughs> on my birthday, I'm going to try to get this started. Please be sure at some point on Wednesday, November 14th, that you wear purple clothing. And you're going to make it. You're going to make a National Purple Day. Yep. And, and please post a photo of yourself on Facebook that on Wednesday, awesome. November 14th, wearing your purples. That would be. I'm. I'm totally doing that. I am totally, totally doing that. Also, wait, you also have a, a show on that Sunday, right? 
Uh, yes, and that Sunday, which would be Sunday the 18th, right? I will be hosting Kitty Nights Burlesque at Mug Lounge in the East Village in New York City. Sweet. I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. Be, uh, no- November is, well, the end of, uh, end of October into November is going to be crazy. Sometime between now and then, we'll figure out what our theme will be for next month's show. <laughs> No, well, no, that's not true. We know what our theme is going to be. We don't yet. Oh, well, we have ideas, I guess. We'll work something out all right. for them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, from all of us to all of you, this has been fun, and this has been the third episode of the Epic Piecast. My name is Nelson Lugo. And my name is Shay for the Dark Lord. We'll see you next time. Happy Halloween. Bye. The Epic Piecast is brought to you by Nerdy Show. All programming on the Nerdy Show network is listener supported. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can show your support by telling a friend or going to nerdyshow.com and clicking the support button. Even a small contribution gets you cool nerdy perks and allows you to take part in our monthly support drive contests. For more episodes of the Epic Piecasts, videos, contests, and other nerdy programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Subscribe to all our latest episodes via the iTunes Store. And remember to follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter at Nerdy Show to keep up to date on the latest Nerdy Show news. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.